are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Third of January in the year of our Lord 2002. FIFA World Cup. I'll take that one. There you go. Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman, something stupid. Along with Robbie Williams, swing while you're winning. Third week in a row, they can both fuck off. You really have an issue. I can't believe it's sticking around like this. Swinging when he's winning. Robbie did so many good songs in his career. This album and that single, and neither of them. Uh, I'm going to make you listen to it one day. No. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Second week in a row. Yeah, little known film. Did all right. Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park is still number one album in the hard rock charts. Yes! A Roman Reigns style run for that album, a year after its release. And the 1st of January, the euro currency was introduced across the European Union, including Ireland. Never lost. So this is the euro, the arrival of the euro. I remember feeling quite sad about this. Because like, I quite like going on holiday and getting different random bits of money. Mm. You know, and and this is this is how it all comes to an end yeah. in Ireland. Oh, wow, I'm in a crazy different world with different currency. Still and you look and go, wait, it's almost the same as a pound coin. I better make sure I don't take these back and <laughs> give to an angry spend. shopkeeper like I did a few times after coming back from Germany. Did you really? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm like, what, what, what? Like, I'm not stealing anything. He goes, this is a euro. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Damn it! You're a euro, and then you can, in the confusion, you run off with your bag of crisps. You're a euro. This <laughs> <laughs> is Matthew. Bamboozled them again. Free what's it's for me. Uh, provisional viewing figures released by the Broadcasters Audience Research Board indicate that on average, BBC One had more viewers than ITV through 2001. This is the first time this had happened. Ooh. Oh, get effed. Popular entertainment. Times there are a change. Yeah. New Year's highlights on BBC One include the films Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay, we're about 40 years behind the time, so that's good news for me and you, Tom. <laughs> Small Soldiers. Love that film. Probably the network premiere of Small Soldiers. <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. Didn't like that film. And Till There Was You. I didn't write down what that last one was. Uh, so I don't know what it is. But any thoughts on Small Soldiers or I like Kitty Small catcher? Soldiers because when you watch it back now, like the animation in it is is very it, it holds well. Yes, it looks really. There was a few sort of animated shows from like the late nineties, the early noughties that even today look great. I think Jurassic Park's a great example mm. of one of those that still just looks mwah, chef's yeah. kiss. And Mixed with practical stuff. effects and uh, CGI. Yeah. Rather than just all CGI. Practical magic. Yeah. It is reported that three Corrie Street actors, Stephen Beckett, Claire McGillan, and Naomi Russell, there we go, I'll leave the series in the spring. I don't, why have I written this down? I don't know. I don't know who any of them are. Uh, the first episode of Mr. Bean, the animated series, premieres on ITV1. I remember my dad watching it, thinking it was going to be like the TV. Oh. And he was not too impressed, and neither was I. He was very disappointed. It did stick around forever, though. 
7th of January, the Independent Television Commission rejects 129 viewer complaints about DeRate Smith's Fat Geordie's Christmas advertising oh. campaign, saying the humour was acceptable and will not have caused widespread offence, but the watchdog does express its concerns about the stereotyping of overweight people, suggesting this could be harmful. All I'm saying is 129 viewers did nothing wrong. <laughs> we talked about this the other week, didn't we? We certainly did. I was outraged then as I was that. My, I remember vividly my dad watching with his mouth agape. Like, Nicholas Lindhurst, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Imagine if when we watch Frasier and Rodney, he's playing one of the fat Geordies. <laughs> Why I free someone? <laughs> Go back to Seattle and bring us some crisps. Ah, Gaza Keegan, my good friend, who's come all the way to Seattle to see his good Dr. Fraser. Gaza Keegan. I have bought the Chardonnay, 1963, a good year, and I have the latest opera by Mozart. I bought you Greg's pasty. Oh, Gaza Keegan, what are we to do with each other? I love the idea of, of uh, on a UK episode. Come on in, Greg's. And Fraser, hmm. Do you do a 1964 sherry? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's posh and he's not. Chances are this could be it, actually. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> Frisia, I hear the palmos calling. <laughs> no salad and lots of <laughs> eggs. And get fat. <laughs> Thank you, Newcastle. Thank you, good night. Anyway. Sky News content becomes available on terrestrial TV for the first time in a decade as Channel 5 begins simulcasting part of the breakfast news program Sunrise with Sky's News Channel. Oh, I vaguely remember this. It's like we can't be asked making our own. That's yeah, a Sky idea. Yeah, it was good Sky to do. What is that beeping? Uh, that would be a, a security alarm either in our building or a building next door. If you can hear that. Oh, no, it it's Nicholas Lindhurst. Lindhurst, he's come to claim us as the Geordie King. And I've got Nick Ginsters in. <laughs> he's going to be raging. He's going to be fucking mental. He wouldn't have eaten in 10 minutes. He's going to be eye out. <laughs> Emmerdale Farm, episode 3083, which is almost as long as One Piece. Uh, Mark tries to adjust to life behind bars and makes friends with a fellow inmate. Hello, love. But life without him at home is tough for the Reynolds. Oh, where's me, Mark? Uh, Edna demands that. Uh, Bately what Bately has confessed to Edna that she's attacked I like that I tried what I've previously done in this bit is I've read the first bit and then read the last bit and just hope the two combine <laughs> but I've ruined it I've ruined myself you put the trust I put my trust yeah in you <laughs> Blinken Park over here with dodgy contact lenses is, uh, because it's obviously a hard hitting episode of Emmerdale there's obviously a middle bit what they would call an AW, the women's match, is actually happens. Uh, let me go back then. <laughs> Edna confronts Eve and can't believe what she's hearing when Eve confesses the attack on Bately and comes out with some hard-hitting home truths. Edna demands that she leaves, but Eve has her over a barrel. Oh, seen, oh, hello. And who could forget that episode by reminding her that she must serve her community service? <laughs> the power of the community service compels you, man. Robert puts more pressure on Andy by telling him that he spent the entire day with Katie. I did not have sex with Katie. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. <laughs> Emmerdale Farm, Shawn Michaels, both buried in Ket. But what a, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a, what was happening? 
in the wonderful world of WWF in 2002. That's right. It's the very first episode of a brand new year. But don't worry. Same old boring behind the times hosts. It's Mr. Tom. It's Mr. Matthew. As far as we're concerned, 2002 was only a few years ago. It's the Cultolic Classic Smackdown Review. How the hell are you doing, Tom? I'm good. Are you hot in here? Or am I dying? To go away start an episode. It uh, is, isn't it? I'd say it's a bit hot, but I am wearing a long sleeve okay, shirt, so which I'm... I can turn into a short sleeve shirt. I'm... I almost said small sleeve shirt. That's not quite right, but it would work grammatically. I've left the podcast area. Tom is talking as if he's next to a microphone. Okay, <laughs> he talked into the light switch. I just assume my whole <laughs> life is just one radio show that I just walk in and out of. I went over there to put the, to put the blowers on and cool it down. I've just been really hot lately. And yeah. like uh, where we live, like the heat rises and I, I was sweating all last night and I was sweaty this morning and I was sweaty when I got in here and I have to keep asking people, is it hot? Because I need to know whether I'm dying. I get you. <laughs> and Alex has gone, no, it's roasting in our, in our place. I was like, okay, that's fine. And then you've said, it's a bit warm. I said, like, okay, that's fine then. Yes, I can't wait for the sauna-like atmosphere of the proper podcast. Oh. The big and meaty, hot and sweaty one. That is big and meaty. I get yeah. sweaty in there as well, doesn't it? Matthew, I'm... how do you stay so slim? I do a podcast on a radiator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joining uh, a gym when we finish this today. Uh, one Because uh, I'm just very keen to be a bit less fat heading into the new year. I think because we, you know, we've been doing sort of wedding planning stuff, Alex and I, we're getting married next year. And um, we do wedding Wednesdays in our house, where on a Wednesday we'll sit down and just go through a few bits of planning, just so we're not leaving it all to the last minute, as we would both be very easily to do. Okay. Uh, so we're sitting down on a Wednesday and we're just going, okay, let's sort out invites, let's do this, have we booked that? Have we booked that? And, we're, and we're, we're ridiculously organized. All we've got to do is just raise the money <laughs> to pay for most of it. By working all the time. Um, and, it's, and, and the more we're talking about it, the more we're going, I would just like to be in a slightly smaller suit when I get married next year. And the work starts here. So that's what I'm doing after the show today. So Good by for you, the time Tom. you hear this, I will have done it. And it's nice that I'm putting this on here because it, it gives me accountability to do it. How are you, more importantly? I'm all right. I'm here. Yeah. In spirit. In here, in spirit, and in spirit. Yes. I am happy for your... Uh, self-determination and motivation. Yeah, I think it's long overdue. Yeah, and you're talking about accountability, but what about accountability and Chuck and other stars oh! of the WWF? Accountability and Chuck? It's a new gimmick. I like that. He's a tax man. <laughs> I'm a tax <laughs> man! Yeah, Chuck. Bam, bam. Chuck, I want to divide your ass! <laughs> I like it. Oh, I hope it's long division. Really. <laughs> it's, it's, like a it's so man. easy. It's so I'm easy to do gay stuff. Do you like pie? <laughs> yeah, I do. No, fuck off, Nicholas Linders. <laughs> hey, you got a, have you got a scientific calculator, Chuck? Yeah, why? Because I'm going to commit a sin because I'm going to tan your ass. Oh, oh I'll allow tan. it. I'll allow it. I'm a maths man. Boop. There is some news. That's the noise of an old calculator being pressed. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> there is some news in the wrestling world this week. Oh, thank Christ. 
If you're listening for the very first time, uh, I'm going to talk us through some of the headlines from the wrestling world in the first week of 2002. Then we throw over to Matthew Gregg, who will talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown, the first SmackDown of 02. If you want to watch it along with us on the podcast feed, by the way, if you want to watch this episode before you come to this one, just a heads up, right? Oh, yeah. Somebody's gone into the WWE Network and just taken a hammer to it. So everything is just chaos, right? They, they had everything in nice, neat boxes, and then they just decided just to tip all the boxes into a, into a waste paper basket. So if you want to watch this episode of SmackDown, you'd think you go to 2002, scroll along until you see January 3rd, right? No, you fucking idiot. That's not what you do. No, because it's listed as SmackDown 03-01-2002. So you have to search exactly that in order to find it. We might see it in a increase. joke. I might see an increase in people listening to this podcast because it's easier to find this than it is the actual episode <laughs> on the network right What now. I might do, actually, and, and, that's your th- and you've made me think that just then as those words poured out of your mouth right, like right, a right, fine right, right. velvet vinegar. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, Jerry, no. It's, I'm going to put a, a link in the podcast notes, like a, like a Ooh, URL. Oh, that people would really appreciate that. That takes you straight to the episode. If the network is proving fuss... You can look in the description, and there is a link that will take you straight there on the network. If you log into the network, it should just yes. take you straight to it. To so watch wrestling. Anyway, what's on the? Uh... <laughs> you were saying Tom. XXX dot wrestling GCPs. Um, right in the wrestling news this week, Triple H is back. Now he hasn't debuted on telly yet, so don't worry, we haven't done the wrong episode, right? But he has been back in the ring already. This week he wrestled in tag matches on the house show circuit just to get tuned up. Uh, teaming with Kane, of course, because Kane's the hottest property in 2001, uh, to face Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle. Uh, he did so in Binghampton, Moncton, New Brunswick, Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, come on, Tom, Trenton. please take the podcast seriously. Stop saying these made up <laughs> American places. Bling Blong, Scrimbombity Boo, <laughs> East Clutter Clut, and. Greater New Haven, Manhamshire. And Trenton. <laughs> From the Binghampton show. Being happy. So Triple H's first match back was in Binghampton. Now known as Google Hampton. (laughs) I live in Ask Jeeves Hampton. (laughs) In Microsoft's last attempt to get people to fucking look at Bing. I'm surprised you didn't team up with Edge. (laughs) (laughs) Did... uh, do you know what the number one searched for thing on Bing is? Go on. Google. Yeah. <laughs> the number one search on Bing is Google. You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? You'd be gutted. I feel bad when I use Bing. Because I'll, I'll start typing in without thinking. i go, oh, shit, I've typed that into Bing. And it'll go, hi, I'm Bing. Here's your answers. And i go, oh, they're a bit of shit. Okay. And then I'll realize I'm in Microsoft Edge. And they'll go a little, Hi. This isn't your default oh, browser. Oh, I don't know. Do you like it to be? I'm like, no, sorry. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I think Google Chrome's a bit nicer. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it looks a bit like Google Chrome now. <laughs> no, mate. Mm. Bless them. Never quite, they never quite broke through after, uh, after every other browser became much better. Yeah, after dying a quick death. 
Uh, but someone who's come back from death is Mr. Triple H. How was his return? This was Hunter's first match back since suffering his quad injury in June, says the Wrestling Observer, and the pop was said to be astronomical. People said Hunter actually looked emotional by the reaction, and he decided after the match that there was no way in hell he'd be able to come back as a heel. You'll never guess the finish unless you read this newsletter last week. Hunter got the hot tag and hit Jericho with the pedigree for the clean pinfall. <laughs> Chris Jericho, the undisputed WWF champion. The cynicism there. Yeah, and that's the case for Moncton, New Brunswick, Springfield, Mass, and Trenton. Moncton. Moncton. Triple H was backstage actually at SmackDown this week. So he was in the building on SmackDown. Looking for Jericho to pedigree. (laughs) Can I pedigree you again, pal? And he was asked backstage, what have you got planned for your return on Monday night? And he said, I've no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, what he does is, is pretty simple and effective. Now, despite refusing to talk about his personal life a week ago, Hunter went all out on the Howard Stern show, says the Observer, talking about having sexual intercourse with China as well as his relationship with Steph. Uh, far more info than we needed. He was asked if he was if if he thought it was stupid to get involved with Steph, given her position in the company. He said he thought about it, but his love for her won out. He better marry her fast because if they ever break up, his career is over. In a funny line, he said that Vince would never give him preferential treatment in storylines just because he was dating his daughter. Uh, I like Meltzer. Head of creative Triple H. It's funny Meltzer reporting these and digesting them. Like Triple H just went on and talked about sex. If you listen to any Howard Stern interview with these people all he asks about is like so how's your sex life how big's your penis <laughs> it's basically it's all he does it's the opening gambit it's as if Triple H goes in and goes oh we're here to talk about the, the Royal Rumble is that right Triple H he goes my dick he's like <laughs> no it's Howard Stern doing this I love how Melter's reported all now Trips isn't the only one coming back to the WWF Kevin Nash is coming back Ooh. honk honk it appears according to the Observer a certainty that Kevin Nash will be coming in he had a meeting with the WWF two weeks ago to discuss the potential deal. Since his Time Warner contract is set to expire on uh, was, was set to expire on December twenty first, December thirty first at midnight, Nash put out the following statement online: "Quote the internet rumors today. Uh, let me tell you the truth. Wrestling websites today are reporting that I've signed with the WWF, and that is false, one hundred percent incorrect. I have not. Let me repeat: I have not signed a contract with any wrestling organization. In fact, I've not received a contract from the WWF." For those who do not understand how law works, there has been no paperwork signed yet. Yeah. Uh, things. This is covering his ass in case, you know, Time Warner probably looking for any excuse. Yeah. Says on OneWrestling.com, you've already signed. I'm like, no, 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 no. Shut up. <laughs> Everyone calm the fuck down. So no. he has to make sure that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no one's there. Yeah, no one. No, yeah, he's, he's safe and he's covered. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. Uh, things appear to have fallen apart a few months back. Well, they did because Nash basically was in a meeting with WWF. <laughs> He felt like his quad. Um, Nash, in a meeting with the WWF, said he wants no more than 12 dates per month within the company. And WWF have gone, no, you you have to have at least 15. And he's gone, no, I want 12. Uh, Nash was, in in order to try and get his way, Nash was being a businessman. And he went, okay, I need just to start negotiating with maybe another company. World Wrestling All-Stars, mm. what are you doing here? Uh, he began talking with WWA and was willing, and they were apparently willing to give him a big money contract that wouldn't require him to work more than just a couple of dates every month. 
So he's like, okay, that's, 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 the, that's the ticket. Whether he was seriously considering it or just wanted to get word out to get leverage for a better deal with the WWF is open to speculation. I would say that's pretty much what's happening here. There's also the possibility that he wanted more money from World Wrestling All-Stars for their lighter schedule, which would be a reason for him to get word back that he's negotiating with the WWF. He's just playing them. Smartest man in the room. Smartest man in the room. Uh, Andrew McManus from the WWA says, As of New Year's Eve, we increased our offer to Kevin to be in line with the WWF. However, yesterday we found ourselves in a bidding duel that went against all the format and philosophy of the WWA. As much as I would like to have had Kevin on our roster, what is what this theoretically does is free up considerable funds in our budget for other substantial names in the business. We at WWA wish Kevin Nash all the best in his future. <laughs> He's now gone back to the WWF and said, you know what? I will do 15 dates, mm. uh, which either means he wants the WWF job badly or is trying to bargain his way to a better deal with WWAS. And it's pretty much the case that he wants to go back to WWF. Another sticking point is in the original negotiations, he wouldn't come in without Scott Hall. And, uh, and Nash has also been clear. It's been clear with Nash that no longer is making that demand. So initially he was like, I want me and Hall to come in and I want us to do 12 dates. And now he's gone. I don't mind doing 15. I don't worry about Scott coming in. <laughs> There's obviously a concern that we want a whole chance we'll start. That doesn't sound like Nash, that <laughs> last bid. He, would, he was always looking out for his friends, so. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and true, he would it? come. Yeah, I was going to say, just, just give a head and look like the smartest people in the room because we're looking at things retroactively. So Scott Hall would come in. Of course he would. Of course he would. The belief is that he will probably won't debut at the Madison Square Garden Raw on January the 7th, maybe a week or two later. All plans can change on an instant. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a chance that we'll see Shawn Michaels back on TV soon as well. He had a meeting with Vince McMahon and Jim Ross after prior to his appearance on WWF XS. And they've all agreed that maybe it was time to try and do something together again. If you think the politics of the WWF are crazy in the last few years, wait until Michaels, Nash and Hunter all find themselves in the same dressing room. <laughs> so Don't be silly. Oh, and then Hogan. Oh, Christ, then we had Hogan. What a period. Eh? What a political hot pot mm. that would become. And um, that's the the only other big story from this week. There's two other stories this week. WWF are working on a new video game called WWF Mobile Madness for mobile devices. Uh, mobile with, devices in 02. Yeah, set to run on Java-enabled cell phones. <laughs> and then in a, very, in, a, in a comment that's very of the times, as if people talking on cell phones didn't result in enough driving hazards as it is. God, people talking on phones. I'm arresting you. What for? For mobile madness. Mobile <laughs> madness, you can play with JavaScript and you knock your phone. I'm going to see if I this can This isn't your dad's worm. <laughs> oh, whatever games would be. Ball. Uh, and we do have some footage of mobile madness. No way. There's a, well. Wow. We have, we have. We have the. I thought we had footage of it, but we've just got the theme tunes of the wrestlers. <laughs> That's pretty alright by O2 standards. That's alright, isn't it? That's alright. One more bit. Eugene Nagata in the news this week. What? Eugene okay. Nagata, New Japan's best worker and hottest rising star. Yes was destroyed in 21 seconds by K1 fighter oh, Mirko Krokop. Yes, he was. In what can only be described oh, as a complete disaster in the semi-main event of Antonio Inoki's New Year's Eve show oh, at the Saitama Super Arena. 
The company made a huge gamble putting Nagata in the ring with accomplished K1 fighter Mirko Krokop, uh, who previously beaten IWGP champion uh, Kazuyuki Fujita in what could only be described as a total fluke. The Nagata fight had so much riding on it as well. He was going, he was going in for revenge against Krokop, the man who defeated New Japan's heavyweight last year. He was coming off winning the G1 and looked to be the man the company was going to build 2002 around. He was set to headline the Tokyo Dome show against Jun Akiyama after this, and he got battered by Mirko Krokop. What will happen from here? We will oh, find out. God. This, 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 this obviously period. strikes a core memory with you, sir. This period of New Japan is its just insane because Inoki is insane. And you can get away with that when you're drawing lots of money. But New Japan, sorry, all of Japanese wrestling was on its ass uh, by comparison to companies like Pride and K1. So Inoki's idea was, well, Inoki made his name fighting and wrestling people and beating them, except they were nearly all worked uh, mm. so the idea was well we'll have our our guys who were presented and seen by many people as on the same level as these proper mm -hmm. fighters like crow cop uh so we'll have them fight for real and it was just a complete disaster like, why would you have <laughs> new gd gotta fight fucking Merkel crow cop seemed like a good idea at the time what fucking could possibly no it doesn't wrong. it doesn't seem like a good idea <laughs> The horrible idea on paper. What could possibly go wrong? Croak up for fuck's sake. I, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Nuji Gada. You've lost your Tokyo Dome thing and your brain's been splattered and everyone hates you in a fight you couldn't have possibly won. Anyway, let's move on from that. Move let's move on to SmackDown. Now, this week, did you have a uh, satellite feed? I did not. It's a bog-standard one. Well, I can tell you that before the show started, we had two dark matches. We had Brock Lesnar beating Rico Constantino. And we Are had you Ron... sure? Ma I've got Brock Lesnar beating Funaki and Waterman beating Rico. Oh, I've got it the other way around from the Observer. <laughs> Get fucked, Observer. <laughs> what if it was Brock Lesnar beating Ron Waterman? No, it wasn't. <laughs> that young upstart, Ron Waterman. Either way, Brock Lesnar and Ron Waterman were shown very dominantly in the uh, in the opening mm. of SmackDown this week. One of these two will be a star for years to come. That's right, Ron Waterman. If Nicholas Lindhurst played Ron Waterman, it'd be called Ron Whiskeyman. <laughs> no satellite feed or video package. It's straight to the witty, witty, witty. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're at the Washington, D.C. MCI Center. Uh, 13,978, which is a very decent number for this mm. period. Happy New Year, says Cole. It's August, you idiot. Booker uh, T versus Rock, because it's August now. Yeah, mm. these are typed weeks ago. I've forgotten every bit of written. This <laughs> is the best T. part about these for me. Thank you. Booker T versus Rock, number one contenders for the Uwu title at the Rumble. Wow, who's going to win that match? That's our main event. <laughs> but right now, it's Bubba and Devon with their match against Taz and Spike after losing a non-title match last week, which you see replays of. Spike gets assaulted immediately and the bell rings despite Taz not being there yet. Ah, they're doing the delayed entrance thing for Taz. He really is getting a push. And what a lovely pop Taz gets, even with Lola remarking that Taz is short on time. <laughs> oh. Shocking behavior by the referee because Spike gets in the ring. And they ring the bell before yeah. before Taz has got out there. What is this, AEW? <laughs> Bubba gives Spike such a high-angle stun gun that Spike nearly misses the ropes. Oof. Uh, Spike retaliates with a double stomp to set up Taz's red-hot Brooklyn tag and a vicious T-bone on Bubba. Again, 
I'm sure Bubba loved all these origami moments he found himself in with Taz. Stacy senses trouble and tries to slap Spike, but he de-pants her. Anola yells, Blue Pandies! Blue Pandies! <laughs> Bubba then accidentally knocks her off the apron and tries to set up the 3D, but Taz gets a Taz mission on Bubba, who escapes this time. This results in Spike trying the Dudley dog, getting converted into a super bomb off the top ropes for the definitive win. Nice job here. I thought this was a lovely opening match. Uh, bless Spike, who nearly dies over shooting a flapjack. Yeah. That felt like something they sort of... They quickly repaired because I think he wasn't meant to go flying out of the ring the way he did. But then Bubba goes out the ring and goes, oh, just check he's all right. And then just bounces yeah. his head off the, the, the announce table, brings it in. Taz yeah. is now known as the Tenacious Pitbull. I love that band. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer the Human Wrecking Machine. Not the band, but the, the name to the Tenacious Pitbull. Um, have you noticed that Stacey getting pantsed is like a new thing now? I think this is maybe the third or fourth week in a row. Yeah. Where she had a kex pulled down. Yes. I, I did notice it. it, it they, they stood out. I'd but start wearing a belt. Yes. Same. Take off the apron. But uh, yes, I know this because Lola, it gives him something to do. Which <laughs> uh, is then awkwardly followed up by Jazz getting interviewed by Lillian Garcia backstage. Lily is full of praise for Jazz, but Jazz is not here for that. And she's not like all the other blonde sluts who slept their way at the top and not one woman can stop her. This interview's over. Bye-bye. Lillian tries talking to her some more, so Jazz threatens to make an example out of her, so Lily leaves. What was Lillian Garcia thinking there? Yeah. This interview's over. Wow, I, got, I said it was over. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Starts doing the Howard Stern things. How's your sex life? <laughs> that Family Guy episode, like, who's the, who's, the, who's the leader of the house? When Meg comes back from prison... Who's the leader of the household? Oh, I am. <laughs> Kicks the shit out of him. All right, who's the funny guy in the house? I think that would be me too. <laughs> <laughs> this was a good start for Jazz with a much-needed character, mm. considering we just saw Stacy's ass and it's become a recurring bit. So having a, a wrestler here who's like, no, I'm not doing any of that bullshit. It's like, oh, okay, good. This is what is needed for the women's division. Mm -hmm. uh, it needs less moments with Lily being silly. <laughs> yeah, Jazz is here to really sort of Change the conversation. Yes. And, and, and it's, she's one of those that, oh my gosh, if she'd had this time and this run 20 years from now, she'd have really been like a, a force then, or now as well as then. Yeah, I think many people said the same thing. I agree. Yeah. Uh, more of her later on. Final Fantasy X presents Ric Flair lying his way through a promo last week. <laughs> Woo, when I rang you up to say that NWA sucks. Can I have a job, please, Vince? And you were like, yes. And I immediately hated you for it or whatever. You bullshit. Um, this is out here as Lola calls McMahon versus Flair the match of the century. No, it's the men's combined ages being above a century, <laughs> silly. I think they missed a trick with that Final Fantasy X smack of the week because the smack of the week is Flair knocking Vince on his ass. Oh, yes. Yeah, they should have just paused it and had Vince disappear in like a blue fog. <laughs> Really lean into the Final Fantasiness of the moment. But of course, they didn't. The Philistines. Weirdos. Weirdos. Uh, Vince says, Happy New Year. God knows he's seen enough of them. <laughs> Vince can't get a sentence out without the crowd starting the what chance. And boy, is the crowd louder than two this week. Vince looked annoyed as if the feds just raided his house. <laughs> Vince says, And how timely is this, ladies and gents, and everything in between? Rudy Giuliani is the person of the year, according to Time magazine, and he was. Uh, and oh God, this is already age like milk. There's a few mild boos in the crowd. Fucking hell. Uh, Vince does the Photoshop job for himself in Time magazine, claiming he was considered for the role. Uh, Vince threatens to take action if the crowd says what again. 
they what him again. Vince dares them to do it again, and he'll shut the show down. And as the lights cut out for a certain segment of the crowd. Like a badly performing house show. Yes. <laughs> yes. He goes around the crowd, shutting the lights off as Lola says, Vince will do it. We'll have a Star Trek rerun playing soon. <laughs> that was good. Vince has all the lights off in the arena, and the crowd still chants what at him. So then Vince has every single light turned off, and we're in complete darkness now. The camera flashes are impressive. Lola asks, where's my wallet? Vince says, I can make you idiots watch in full darkness. And then Austin's music plays, so Vince panics and as the lights come back on. And Austin's in the middle of the ring with that damn what shirt. Yeah. Austin does distill the dialogue. So the crowd, what can, what after, what every, what single, what test is dead, what. Anyway, Austin vows to drink more alcohol and beat up Vince some more in 02. But he also resolves to drink more red wine. What? And he's a bit of a red wine connoisseur these days. What? He is now. Foreshadowing. But thankfully, Booker T and Big Boss Man are here to make the save. (laughs) Oh, wait. I typed that sarcastically, but they are actually successful this week with Big Boss Man wearing all black, which is a slight improvement over last week's great job interview attire. (laughs) Boss Man slaps a microphone over Austin, so it goes thud which is also the sound of Booker's push falling off a table and onto the floor. <laughs> this goes on for a while, of Austin getting split open with the crowd waiting for someone to save Austin, but no one does. <laughs> oh. Fair enough. I thought this was a very entertaining segment. It's going, I've got all the power, you know. If you want me, I'll, oh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. It's, it's, it's to the lights off. I think that was a really cool bit. I think you forget that, obviously, the watch chant has been around for so long now. The, the wrestlers have to find ways to ignore it and carry on and push through it. And so it was different to hear everybody interacting with it and, mm. and encouraging it. And, and, and Vince, you know, turning all the lights off, telling people stop doing that, you know, to, to reacting to it. I think maybe using the microphone as a weapon was symbolic as well of... of you know, speech. People chanting what? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought there was some <laughs> symbolism to using the microphone of all things as a weapon. I think it's just an old school thing. So it goes dung when you use it. It does make a nice sound, to yes. be fair. Uh, boss Man has braces now. Did you but spot this? Then I'll plan. <laughs> Not those kind of That's a tribute to his big bubba it's when he had them then. Yeah, he's, he's 50% big bubba and 50% IRS. Hmm. <laughs> a bad mix to be. I still think Bossman and Booker is the worst possible tag team you could conjure. Yes. It is It is the result of a weird lethal lottery. It really is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, I can't pronounce that guy's name properly. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Funny, he's on the same show as Rico. Oh. Oh, never mind. Yes, uh, Rudy Giuliani is the former mayor of New York. Yes. Uh, he's... He was someone who used the Rico predicates very well to help uh, deal with the mobs and now has a Rico put on the same thing. There you go. Yeah. Wrestling. Wrestling. (sighs) After replay of what just happened, because it didn't go on long enough, Mighty Molly is here to wrestle Jazz as we get replays of Jazz beating up both women on SmackDown last week. This is Molly and Trish. Why did Jerry Lawler act surprised when Molly came out? Like they announced the match was coming up. He's like, oh, it's Mighty Molly. Like, woman, just, woman, woman, tits. I want to see your tits, oh. my dear. <laughs> and sure enough, jazz comes out to some peanut butter smooth jazz music. It would have been really funny if it had been screamo or metal or something. The, the music that jazz came out to reminded me, and this is dating me massively, um, Channel 4 
before the cartoons would start at like 6am, you'd have like Teletext. Fortel through the night. So you'd have like Teletext that yeah. ran and it would have, it'd be accompanied by soft jazz. My God, you're right. As it ran through. So I'm watching, every time I see jazz though, I'm just going to think of the soft jazz that played whilst that little man on the Fortel graphics climbed up a ladder to simulate that the Fortel job section was coming up. God, uh, jazz accompanied by Mr. Biffo. <laughs> I think only Jay Laffey's going to care about that comment. <laughs> and even then, I'm I suspect. I care about that because I really love oh, Mr. Thank Biffo. You. Oh, also, the person do the podcast. What with was me. the name of the quiz? Oh, the, yes, jazz Bamboozle. Manager. Yes, bringing Paul Heyman as Bamboozler. <laughs> as Booza Bamble. Bamboozler. With the, the Bamboozle kid. I'm sure he's called Bamboozler. Yeah, but didn't he have like, there was a kid's, kid's quiz? Ah. He had a family. Bamboozled Even my family, my immediate <laughs> family were bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Biffo. It was me all along, Biffo. Oh, son of a Biff. <laughs> this is so beautifully niche. Yes. Anyway, back to the arresting from 30 years ago. <laughs> Jazz takes a flying head scissors as Lola yells, Sexy women are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Lola asks who those women wrestlers who were sleeping their way at the top Jazz was talking about because he wants to talk to them and I put well one of them was the cat Lola yeah you know what happened one of them mate uh, Jazz wears down Molly as the crowd dies fighting against the tide here bless her Jazz delivers a double underhook suplex holds on and delivers two more that was nice <sighs> Molly kicks out Jazz misses a splash, so Molly gets La Mahistral for two. I'm old enough to remember when no one kicked out of La Mahistral. Jazz misses a charge in the corner, but recovers enough to finish with the Fisherwoman's Buster. Cole calls it a version of a brain buster, in the same way that he's a version of a commentator. <laughs> this was the start of a long walk for Jazz. A long walk. Uh, one move I want to give some love to, which was the Exploder Flapjacks that she did. They were like Exploder Suplexes, but she bounced Molly's... Throw off the ropes. Oh, I see, yes. Because they weren't like just regular flapjacks because she sort of positioned her for an exploder suplex and twisted. Oh. Never seen it before or since. Liked it. Jazz was great here. Yeah, I remember many people doing the double underhook. Hold on. Double underhook. Hold on. Mm. She just looks solid mm. in there. Yeah. Like, what? A, you know, this is going to be somebody that you can build the division around and build the division with. That it be. That it be. Yes, it is. Not that it be. <laughs> Backstage, security blocks Stephanie McMahon as she's not on the list. So Stephanie does the, do you know who I am? And security says, uh, no. <laughs> so Steph reminds us that Triple H is coming back on Raw. And he's in big trouble for this, mister. I put Triple H already returned in the SmackDown intro, by the way. Yeah, he's back. And yes, and Steph vows that she will return to deal with security. So one of the guys that went through ahead of Stephanie was a writer. Couldn't find his name, but I know he's one of the writers. The security guard... Stephen King. Yes, it. The security guard was ECWA legend Cheetah Master. I thought the Cheetah Master was uh, Ted Petty. No. Different Cheetah Master. How many Cheetah Masters are there? Oh, wait, how many tiger masks are there? Fair enough, <laughs> yeah. You've got me there. Fair enough. Oh, shout out to you. You did a good job because Stephanie McMahon, it's, it, in a few years' time, a segment like this will be unthinkable that Steph's not able to boss around people backstage. Yeah. Steph's, the security's like, you're not on the list. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, li I like his, uh, his job's worth mentality. Yeah. Name's not Danny, not coming in. Not tonight. No, not tonight. Nah. Name's not Danny. Not with those shoes. Uh, Tess 
Meanwhile, brags about bagging a hot Swedish broad. Explains she didn't know her name or her language, but it was okay because she can speak on this and grabs his massive copy of Nightcaster Defeat the Darkness, a 2002 third-person single-player action-adventure game for the Xbox, developed by VR1 Entertainment and published by Microsoft. Players take the role of Aaron, a novice wizard whose magical power grows as he ages through his quest to collect spells to rid the world of eternal night. The start of the story mode introduces the player to Aaron, a young boy living in a small village. One day, Aaron creeps into a forest while playing hide-and-seek with his friends and stumbles upon a glowing floating orb. The orb informs him that he must go on a quest and defeat the evil Nightcaster. Aaron is then placed in suspended animation, even though he still ages, it says in brackets, because even Wikipedia pages got to throw sauce on this, by the orb, presumably so that he will be ready to fight the Nightcaster. The game received mixed reviews, according to the review aggregation website Metacritic. Lance Storm says that's great, but why are we here? <laughs> And then the Uwu World Heavyweight WW NWA ECW champion Chris Jericho arrives with presents for the Canadians. He gives them all gifts, Christmas ones for Test and Christian, and a Hanukkah one for Lance. <laughs> I'm not Jewish. Yeah, I know you'd like it, says Jericho. <laughs> As if Jericho forgot he, he's one of his former tag partners wasn't Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Jericho insists this sudden burst of niceness has nothing to do with Triple H returning on Raw. Oh, no, 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 no. It's because these guys rule. They thank him for the gifts and leave. Was this the original idea, I wonder? Jericho's minions, rather than being the un-Americans, because after we know what happens, I know what I'd rather have. To be honest I, with you. I don't mind like Jericho running like a, a Team Canada-esque yeah. thing, because I think this works beautifully. Yeah. To have the, these guys... the Canadian horsemen? Um... Yeah, and you, could, and you could easily take one of these and make, you know, it would probably be Test, and make him into a top-level talent by feuding with Jericho as the time goes on. You're sponsored by nice Xbox. Look. What more do you need? Exactly. And that's, a, that's the kids love Xbox. I love the vision of Jericho walking out with both belts and having Landstorm, Christian, and Test with him. I think that's great. That's a really strong team. And <clears throat> it leans into the fact that Jer uh, Jericho has been booked in such a weird way, as we'll talk about in a bit. I thought I think this would have given him a little bit of leverage, you know? Yep. Having, these, having some buddies that can come in and save the day. Yeah, probably would have been better than what we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, backstage, Undertaker, the hardcore champion, is interviewed by Coachman. And Coach has the audacity to say, as you can tell by the crowd's reactions, you're not a crowd favorite any longer. After we just heard a big-ass pop for Undertaker. <laughs> you can hear people going, look, it's the Undertaker. He's being interviewed. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> Coach reminds us that Undertaker rolled away from Big Show last week when he got challenged to a match. <laughs> Under that, that he rolled happen. away! He rolled <laughs> away! <laughs> Like a log, just spinning up the ramp. Like a rolling stone. Boy. <laughs> Lies down on the floor and <laughs> The Undertaker is aghast. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm a wrestler. He's, he's psyching his opponent out, Coachman. Duh. mind game. Yeah. I'd be gold at that event. I've been busting open guys like Big Show for 11 years. This is about respect. R-E-S-P-C-T, like Aretha Franklin. R-E-S-P-C-E-C-T, like Bret Hart that time. That's right. Respect. That's what I have for the troops, the soldiers, and the local drug dealers. Man of mystery, The Undertaker. Meanwhile, Test who still hasn't opened his prezzy, sees Tori Wilson. 
And he gives her a gift because, well, he's such a great guy. And he's like, ah, give, give that great gift Jericho's going to give to me. I'm going to give to Tori. Getting Tori's good books. <laughs> Tori opens it up and <laughs> as the test has said, I got you this specifically. It's a Jericho shirt. <laughs> oh, Tess says, hey, it's the thought that counts. He's spot on. Can we fuck now? <laughs> Tori says, I'm taken. And Tess says, whatever. I don't want to be your boyfriend. Once you go test, you forget about the rest. <laughs> Tess then remembers the Jiri is her partner. So he wants him in the ring because he's a big lugs. <laughs> <laughs> They'll fuck your feet like Tess fucked his career. <laughs> It's a montage of Undertaker destroying people. If Test injected lugs instead of steroids, he'd still be alive. <laughs> um, I had a little think of, of alternative uh, oh, catchphrases no. <laughs> that Test could use. And what did you have, Tom? Um, so, obviously, it's once you go Test, you forget about the rest. Um, he does say uh, that. Once you go Test, can I look at your breast? That's not bad. Yes. Uh, once you go test, can I look at your chest? Similar to the top That's one. The same, yes. Once you go test, we could go to a fest. Brackets are full. Uh, once you go test, I'll buy you a vest. <laughs> once you go test, you'll feel oppressed. Once you go test, you won't be depressed. Once I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Once you go test, I brush with crest. <laughs> I brush my teeth with crest. We're English, we don't. <laughs> Once you go test, your heart will be repossessed. Oh. <laughs> Once you go test, do you like the Wild West? Uh, it's like West <laughs> Canada, so it's just, you know, mountains. <laughs> Once you go test, we can go to Bucharest. We've got a what? Budapest? We, we can go to Bucharest. <laughs> What's Bucharest? Another place, isn't it? As well, we can also do, Once you go test, you can go to Budapest. I've never heard of Bucharest, I'm sorry. Is that one of those, some of those cities that Triple H made his debut in? <laughs> once you go test, <laughs> once you go test, my wages are unprocessed. That's just him realising he's having an admin issue whilst he's uh, chatting up a woman. <laughs> I think we're having an admin issue right now. What's, what's once, the last one? Tom? Once you go test, North by Northwest. <laughs> just test the plane, chasing people. <laughs> Uh, all good it'll be funny yeah, those are all good but even funny because of Tess being an idiot and him being a dude bro be like once you go Tess suck my dick <laughs> head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman and don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. 
With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Big Show waddles out like oh. Jemima Puddle Duck. <laughs> Undertaker bikes down to the ring, takes one look at Big Show and then does a 180. So Big Show chases after Undertaker and he manages to catch him by the entrance. Okay, that had to be a rib to make Big Show run like that. This was a brilliant opening to the match because you had Big Show get in the ring and start running the ropes and probably getting a stitch, bless him. And it was, I think it was the fact that Undertaker barely stopped the bike. He came down, went round the rig, and just barely even looked round and went, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Drove off again. He made the noise that Sonic makes when you press right. <laughs> and it's just the way that it's shot. Like, Big Show just appears on the distance like a tidal wave. <laughs> just bombing it towards the Undertaker <laughs> at top speed. Yeah. That is top speed for the Big Show. He's gone, right, I'm top speed in it. Yeah. And then it's like, And it's and it's so funny when wrestling does this, when it's a chase, but the other guy sort of mistimes his trajectory, so therefore has to slow down. <laughs> and Big Show clearly underestimated just how fast top speed is. Because he caught up dead quick and he had to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh no, I appear to be slowing down for no reason. And yeah, this had to be a rib that Big Show ate. <laughs> Undertaker lets Show batter him down the ramp and into the ring Undertaker smashes a bin over Show's bread bin head but it doesn't do anything so Show smashes a bin lid over Undertaker who does sell Undertaker has done more selling during his hardcore title run than he did during the entire invasion it's so true Jerry Lawler at one point says the big show I, I bet he wishes the trash cans were made out of chocolate <laughs> It's a bin, Big Show. It's a bin. <laughs> I like the idea of him hitting it with a chocolate bin. And the arena's quite hot, so it just sort of melts over Undertaker's head. He's awkwardly peeling it. Like, oh, no, this is no Not fun. Not hurt. This is just grim. Got a chocolate on a hot day. Big Show's mouth watering. <laughs> Not the only thing that's running. Uh, Undertaker starts attacking Show and calls... It was, and yells, call for help, bitch, like a dodgy Terminator. <laughs> Did he not say calling me out, bitch? I couldn't. I not. thought it was more of a reference oh, to Big Show oh. calling him out last week. Oh, but that works better. Calling me it? out, bitch. That's better. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, but Show chokeslams him on a bin. 
However, Show has had his leg worked over, so he has to pause due to the pain, which allows Undertaker to recover and kick out. That's nice. Undertaker gets a low blow inside the Dragon Sleeper Show because he's so fat, and it works, as Lawler names his hold the Taker Care of Business. This was lovely. Even Undertaker's ginger hair coming through again couldn't disguise the fact that he's changed his style up wonderfully. The orig- I originally thought that on commentary they said TCP. So I was like, what, like the stuff that you put on, your, like when you, when you r- hurt your arm on nettles? Yeah. Like, why is it called a TCP? Like, is it like, because it's meant to, like, chloroform? Oh, TCB, taking care of business. I like right. how the, the, that mindset, you have to go through these thoughts. It's like, what do we call it? What do we call it? Oh, well, he's, he's evil. He's, his hair's coming through. Hey, you ready for a drink of ginger fear? Nice. Yeah. But no, Big, Big Show was good here. Undertaker was good here. He sold. He's like, oh, no, you worked over my leg, so I hurt myself doing the move. I'm like, great. They're working better than Yuji Nagata right now. I thought this match was fucking great. Inoki loved this. I loved this. I thought this is the best Big Show's look, the most motivated he's looked in ages. Yeah. Undertaker was up for the crack as well. And it was a really fun match. Uh, and that highlight being Big Show fucking pelting at top speed. Even doing that, it couldn't prevent him from, you know, being able to do anything. So good for him. He's one of these guys, is Big Show, that during the majority of his career, if, he's, if, he's, if it's something he wants to do, then he, he's all in. If it's something that he's not entertained by, you can read it on his face. And, and, and the match up, Brock Lesnar's very similar to that. Like, you can read it on their face. And it's just, I get it. Like, this, you know, but it, this he definitely wanted to do. We got an Austin update during this match as well. Did you hear that? They said that Austin's at the hospital and he's got pieces of metal from the microphone in his head. The microphone at no point <laughs> broke. <laughs> the pieces of metal in the microphone. <laughs> but they sold it like it was this this very popular. Oh no, not the metal from the microphone, as we all you know. know all this yeah. sh- bits of shrapnel that flew out of the, mic- and the metal thinking, microphone. A microphone that had a, that had a mic muff on it. <laughs> so even if you take a mic, even if you take a mic muff off, right? As I'm doing on the thing right now, right? So even if you take a mic muff off. I kind of hear what they're oh, saying. Oh, hey, Tom, watch out. <laughs> I kind of see what they're saying because you've got like these little metal bits that could, if you impact them enough, maybe pop out. But it would take a lot for them to get wedged and be removed from the mic to make that happen. And I don't think it would do that much damage. You know, unless, unless there's a fear of like metal poisoning mm. from... from Cutting somebody open with a mic. Yeah. Just my two pence on, on microphone technique. <laughs> thank you. Thank well, you for over. Thank you for analyzing that and letting people know what, how microphone works rather than me, me laughing and going, I'm <laughs> on microphone and bits of it like it's a mace. <laughs> Sorry if this sounds awful on the podcast because I'm just readjusting the mic muff. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I talk. <laughs> After the break, the commentators are shilling Buffy. Where Buffy. Oh, this bit. <laughs> Okay, the shooting episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If ever there was a week where I wanted you to have a satellite feed, yeah, it's this Absolutely. One. So they show a shot of the commentary team, which is Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. It's the saying, Buffy has uh, turned invisible this week. And so Lawler is preparing for this episode by pretending to be invisible by not being in the shot. So he's just talking and Cole's like, what do you mean, Cole? Uh, Lawler? <laughs> Cole's my name, shit. Lawler, the commentator I talk next to. So I was like, oh, I'm invisible like Buffy on UPM. It's not the good seasons. It's the seasons that the other channel didn't want. But we've got the, the yay. And then he appears in frame and the crowd goes, yay. Just to- 
In my notes, he knows. Oh wait, you can see me. Whatever. In my notes here, I just put, "What fun they're having." <laughs> Not a bad promotion. I mean, yeah. I thought hey, look, funny. I'm invisible, like Buffy. <laughs> also, there's a huge. And honestly, oh. let's be honest. If Jerry Lawler suddenly realised he had the power of invisibility, he wouldn't be sat at the commentary table. <laughs> we know where he'd be. That's right. In the bookshop, stealing books. That's right. He loved those books. Also, there's a huge Dan Hibiki 316 sign behind him in case you thought these video game signs were a new thing. Ah, see? We are, we are just learning from the past. We're learning yeah. from the veterans yeah. of the game. Yeah. Complete... I believe the first uh, video game sign uh, at, a, at a wrestling show was at uh, Chai Town um, Rumble. Rumble. And somebody in the crowd holding up a sign saying, E.T. isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, because back in 89, <laughs> in 89, all those NBA fans knew, hey, he means the video game. <laughs> they should have wrote E.T. on Atari. Uh, yeah, yeah, bring it. Atari, I hit another, another sign. I like the film. E.T. on Atari isn't very good. Was that a tweet I keep on thinking about? It's like, all I know is, if being my mate... Bit of ET, we would have killed him with hammers. <laughs> I remember seeing that. I, it was a bit from a Greg Davis stand up as well, where I think his mate said, If I'd had that in my cupboard, I'd stove its head in. <laughs> it's true, though. You have that, you opened the cupboard and you saw that bullshit. You fuck this. <laughs> Much shorter film. <laughs> and also, <laughs> if suddenly you, you watched your mogwai spitting out like little balls of goo, you'd set the box alight, wouldn't you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. There's not much we wouldn't kill back in the day, is there? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're hey, it's me, Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Stovitz, fuck it, head in. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you remember during um, uh, Farmer Burns' oh, last yes. match, <laughs> there was oh. somebody in the crowd holding up a sign saying, Pong, it'll never catch on. <laughs> yes, I do remember, Tom. Why'd you bring it up now? <laughs> I think I might make I might make a little project oh. for myself, you know, with with the downtime that I may have coming up. And I might just go back into some old wrestling shows and just photoshop in video game <laughs> sites. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like the the classic signs that people used to make events that people used to these people still highlight to this day, which people like in eighty seven, people bring in signs into WF shows that are televised that says Ronnie Piper has AIDS. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>. Behind him, <laughs> I've got a high score on Caterpillar. <laughs> Cuba greater than snake rattling yeah. roll. <laughs> Cuba ain't shit. I'd have killed Cuba with hammers, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Fucking stoved Cuba's head in. If you think this segment's ridiculous, you are not ready for the next segment, which I was not ready for, and I'm damn sure that Tom wasn't ready for. Uh, Stephanie McMahon wheels in James Dudley. Yay! James Dudley's SmackDown debut. Yep. And Vince McMahon Sr.'s driver. Yep. And, and, and kind of Vince McMahon Sr. guy. Like, not Stooge, but like, he was like his 
go-to guy for loads of stuff. And he's yes. one of the first inductees in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm not saying he's old, but his Wikipedia page, he played in, and I'm just calling it what it was called, the Negro League Baseball for nine years. Oh, yes. uh, He was the first African-American to run a major U.S. arena, Turner's Arena in Washington, D.C. He worked with four generations of the McMahon family. It was particularly close with Vincent J. McMahon, at 74, he was put back on the company's payroll to show appreciation of his work for the McMahons. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame class of 94. And again, he showed up for the trials of the 1924 United States Olympic team. Oh, wow. Fuck me. So he did that and then became known for doing his work with Jess McMahon in the 50s for Capital Wrestling. This guy's ancient. <laughs> he gets all our jokes. Stephanie McMahon <laughs> wheels him in, of all people, and says he must be on the list. Security says, yes, James Dudley's on this list, of course. Allows him through to his seat without Stephanie's help. So she try- <laughs> So she's like, yeah, he's on the list. Thank you very much for wheeling him in. And somebody else takes care of James Dudley. And he starts like saying some stuff. And uh, I was trying to it. figure out who this other security guard was. And I was going through like comment sections on where this has been posted on Facebook to try and figure it out. And, and Blitzkrieg. I can't figure it out. Cause it I saw one away. person say it's Bobby Rude. I'm like, it's certainly not Bobby Rude. Yeah. It's James Dudley, silly. It's no, oh, oh, sorry, it is, it is James. They, they missed a trick. They missed a trick in not having Bubba Ray and Devon come and get him. Yeah. I th- I th- I th- He's with us. A, yeah, it's, it's right there, but no, whatever. That'd be great. Um, Stephanie wheels him in and says he must be on the list, and security's like, yeah, let him through. But Stephanie is not on the list. So Steph goes, all right, plan B. She tries to hit on him, so the security guy has to say, Steph, I'm gay. Which gets a massive pop. See, it's not just me. Yeah. And then Billy and Chuck arrive. And they all know each other because they're part of the gay mafia. <laughs> Gaffier, if you will. Oh, as we really call it, as we call it, really organized crime. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a and Grace joke. Uh, he talks about the potential gay calendar to Steph. And Steph doesn't want to hear about no gay calendar and straights away, <laughs> I put here. Yes, that was actually the 92-year-old James Dudley would pass away two years after this. Oh, this is his last appearance him. on TV, and he wouldn't make many appearances on TV. So, uh, yeah, it's the loved... same thing, just a random ass appearance. Loved it. I loved the use of, of James Dudley. Oh, following the scene, Dudley left the wheelchair, walked to his seat, and watched the show. Ah! So he's so he pretending to be in a wheelchair. Should we call somebody and... Grass them up. <laughs> God, yeah. Just, a, just, a, just. Oh yeah. By the way, James Dudley's here. So if you thought random appearances from guys like Leatherface was a, <laughs> I think I just showed up. No, it's not. I think you compare Leatherface to James Dudley. What is an institution? It's so shocking. What is it? What is oh, a God. shocking institution that's been part of uh, a, a horrible franchise for decades and decades? <laughs> and the other is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even an easy goal is a goal. I nearly said any hole is a goal, but. (laughs) (laughs) As we know. Stacker 2, Blackhawk <laughs> Down. Certainly did. Final Fantasy 10 present <laughs> Kurt Angle and Jericho versus Edge and RVD. Lola says if RVD were any dumber, he'd have to be watered twice a week. I thought that was nice. Uh, I must, I must say, like the, the the horrible booking of Jericho continues before the, even the match has got underway, because Chris Jericho is interviewed second out of these four. 
metaphorically lost in the shuffle. Yeah. He is the he is the undisputed WWF champion. Like, and you get Kurt Angle's entrance, then Jericho's, then Van Damme, then Edge. Like, having one end or the other, not in the middle. He's the fucking world champ. Yeah. No respect. No, this is exactly where they think he is. He's just above IC level dude who's really popular, not ready for the position he's in. Then don't give him the belt. <sighs> give the belt to someone else. Give him a fucking Booker T. Yeah. Or Edge. Or uh, Edge. Because Lola is saying Edge's fans are calling themselves Edgeheads. Ah. So it's not uh, it's not all 100% from him. Fair enough. I found out from watching the wonderful Triple Jump video, every Lord of the Rings game ranked from worst to best. Ooh. The Lord of the Rings fans are called Ringers? <laughs> not even joking. If they passed away, then they're dead Ringers. <laughs> hey! RVD just wipes the floor with Kurt. Was you get maybe RVD's coolest gear ever, the Bones and Yin Yang one from No Mercy 01. <laughs> RVD rolls over the competition until Jericho pushes him off the top, allowing Kurt to batter RVD with a big ass push. RVD allows himself to take some stuff before ignoring it and five star frog splashing Kurt. Jericho has to take out RVD via the apron to help his poor team get any offense. Edge dodges Kurt, who plows into Jericho, which allows Edge to angle lock Kurt. Hey, you can't do that. Jericho misses a lion salt, so Edge spears him, but Kurt interrupts, which lets him avoid a split-legged moonsault from RVD. Oh, fair enough. I've, uh, ref checks on RVD, so Kurt angle slams Edge, which allows a near-dead Jericho to roll over and pin Edge like a lucky bitch. <laughs> this was the usually fun SmackDown tag match with Jericho looking like a lucky bitch. <sighs> what did you think, Tom? I hate the booking of Jericho. I hate it. I hate it. Like, he's never looked weaker. It's almost like becoming world champ has taken, like, has, has knocked him down a few levels. And his HP is lower. Like, he's just... The fact that he's having to get a fluke win over Edge in a tag match, which also features Rob Van Damme and Kurt Angle, yeah. is just depressing. I mean, is there a thing where, with some Pokemon, I'm going back a few generations, I know, where it's not good to evolve them straight away when they get the opportunity. Sometimes it's good to stop the evolution and wait. And actually, if you evolve them later on, they actually get better stats. I have heard that. Yeah. And I think that's what they should have done with Jericho. Yeah, Jericho and evolved too quick. The, 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 the tricky part of all this is the reason that, as we've discovered, one of the reasons that they chose Jericho as undisputed WWF champion is because in a creative meeting, before the champion was decided, he had so few people suggesting ideas for him as champion or ways he could win the title that Vince went, no one will see that coming. We'll do that. I was like, well, maybe there were no creative reasons because they had no creative hope in making him champion. And, and I love Chris Jericho. He goes on to become a, an icon and a figure of wrestling for better, for worse, all over the place. He certainly does. He transcends the business in many ways as well. But this title reign came, I want to say too soon because... Certainly, in terms of where he was on the in the pecking order, he was not world champion material. As much as he deserved to be, he needed like another year of being at the top, not at the top and then down the bottom a bit, then back at the top, then down the bottom, like consistently, persistently in the top. I'd have given the belts to Angle. I would have. I disagreed. It was a good time for him to be to have it. It's just he was given absolutely nothing for it, and Tom. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. 
It gets worse. It gets even <laughs> worse. Yeah, so you could save all this venom for later on. Oh. This is the halcyon days of Jericho's title reign. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, O2, we've missed you. Ric Flair shows up dressed like an evil property developer on Emmerdale <laughs> who wants to turn the farms into luxury spas. <laughs> Arn tells Flair about the stuff that has been happening. Wait, why is Arn here without Flair? What's his job or role? Yeah, I just thought he was turning up as Flair's mate. Yeah, but, but he's he was... been here before him, so what's his... He just... But we know he's we know we know in the in the non kayfabe context he's got a role as a as a backstage producer and an, a, and an agent, but he's only recently been introduced as oh Arn's here yeah. it's my mate Arn he's the Naka Nakazawa of Dubs and <laughs> Naka Nakazawa yeah. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair heads out to endorse the Rock in his campaign to beat Booker tonight which yeah because Arn ca- weird wording as Arn ca- as Flair came in Arn grasped up Vince to Flair and he went. Yeah. Hey, you won't believe what he's doing. He was being a right prick earlier. He beat up Austin yeah. and all this stuff and all this. And, yeah. and, and Arm's like, I was about to, you know, get out of the car, pull out the Glock and yeah. smash his brains all over the pavement. But I just got distracted, so I didn't. Yeah, but then I sat down on a nap. <laughs> and a little, a little sleep instead. I had that Rick who was 50% owner of the company is like, what's happening on the show? I've not been watching. Yes, it is so true. Huh? What? Oh, Arm, just tell me what happened. Vince was being a dick. Oh, cheers. <laughs> So, yeah, Flair endorses The Rock in his campaign to beat Booker, which is just... What? 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 His campaign... All right, it's not really a campaign. It's a match. Yeah. They're having a match. Yeah, he's not, he's not running for president yet. yet. Flair tells Vince that he's going to watch this promo right now as he vows to thumb Vince in the eyes and kick him in the balls at the Rumble. Steph tries to jump the guardrail, but is stopped by the security. Flair lets her through once he realizes who it is. Steph sucks up and says when she was a kid, she had a crush on Flair. As she grew, that love turned to respect. Aww. Flair loves all his compliments, and we get reminded Steph and Shane sold their stock to Rick. Steph starts bigging up Vince's accomplishments as Rick starts doing his 1998 stuff like elbow, dro- elbow dropping his jacket multiple times, causing Steph to slap him going, what the hell are you doing? Which I is a good question. loved this yeah. bit where Steph does start sort of preaching about like, you need me in your corner. And it's like Flair just stops yeah, listening. Yeah. It's like Flair has ADHD and he's just like, I'm not listening now. Just well, starts yeah, doing it. And Steph's still talking to him as he's taking off his jacket and bouncing off the ropes. And at one point she goes, what are you doing? And he stands up and he's like, hey, do you want to have sex? <laughs> and Steph just slaps yeah. him. He doesn't say outwardly, do you want to have sex? I think he says, like, oh, do you want to have a... Yeah, he's do, you want to go one on, Come on. do you want to go one-on-one with a man? Yeah. Or he says words to that. So, like, because yeah. obviously, it, all he, the only thing that Flair heard Steph say in all of that was, I had a crush on you. Everything else was just white noise yeah. to Flair as he started thinking, I'm going to do the other thing. Yeah, I'm going to do the other thing. <laughs> he didn't hear another word. I like the ADHD. Compar- yeah, it is just like, you know, well, you need me to be in this job and you did- What are you doing? Oh, sorry, I was thinking about Todd's TV. <laughs> How come the show was aimed at young children and French was one of the languages? <laughs> That's a good point. Teach kids French. How many five-year-olds do you know that speak French in England? There we go. <laughs> Just thought about that. Yeah, there's a few in France, mate. Um, Steph says she'll have her phone on her the whole weekend because Triple H is going back to Raw, so she will be waiting for Flair's answer. Oh, but answer to what? She made as much sense as GVC GigaTube, the yeah. circle of death. It's back, baby. Presents Tess taking a Rikishi superkick, so Hurricane won. On Sunday Night Heat, <laughs> JVC Gigatube circles. 
<laughs> the play music. If you fall on this, you are dead. <laughs> 37 people with, with in arm braces because they were carrying the yeah. Giga Tube. No self-respecting burglar would risk their lives <laughs> well, for this. It's a seven-man job. We're robbing the Giga Tube factory. <laughs> it's okay. The quiet efforts of bashful, dopey... <laughs> And thieving bastard to get this out the window. Breaking a wall down like it's my 600-pound life. <laughs> We're going to steal a giga tube. Quick, lads, me nana's died. and I need to take the, the window open. Why, was she a big fat woman? No, I need the giga tube. <laughs> yeah, she bought one of the fucking JVC giga tube. And I value my life. <laughs> We're not getting out of the house. <laughs> what? Why are you taking this? See how dangerous this is? No, I'm giving it to me ex. <laughs> oh, I see. Apparently, um... Uh, apparently, um... Stop oil now. Protesters use them in the middle of the roads these days. <laughs> Save having to lie people down. They just put a gig of Dude, tube in the middle a, of the road. that's stopping a seven-and-a-half-ton truck <laughs> right in its tracks. <laughs> I'm, fuck, I'm going to be late for work now. Someone's put a fucking gig of tube in the oh, middle no! of the road. Oh, no! Fuck it, I'm going to be late for the boozer. And the... <laughs> Let's go ahead. Arse <laughs> over tea kettle over this JVC gig of tube. <laughs> 68 car pileup on the M62 today as a result of a JVC gigatube being placed carelessly in the middle of the highway. Um, the, now, I know it was lost in translation somewhat, but I did listen back and go, what was Steph trying to do? Steph wants to be Flair's manager for this match. She wants to be in Flair's corner and give him advice on how to beat Vince. And in turn, I think she wants to do that in order to get her... Fingers back into the WWF. Uh, like when Floyd Mayweather Sr. had a fallen out with Junior and was in Ricky Hatton's corner during the training. Yes. So that sort of thing. But in a, in That a, went well for Ricky. Yeah. She's probably gone, you know what? I hate my dad and I think you could probably beat him. So I'm going to you know, go on and be on your corner, help you beat him. And then maybe you will return yeah. the favor in kind and get me a job back in the dub dub F. Yeah, and Flair's like, I can't trust you. And Steph's like, fuck off, I saw you in Sting. <laughs> anyway, Triple H will be on Re Regis, is it Reg Regis, Regis and Kelly, Regis. Uh, oh, Tess takes on Tajiri. <laughs> Tajiri tries the handspring immediately, so Tess converts it into the Uncle Slam. Yeah. The JVC badass counter of the night, Circles. <laughs> <laughs> Ref tells Tess to stop killing Tajiri, so he threatens him because he's Teflon. Tajiri lands the handspring a second time, though, but Tess blocks the tarantula. So Tess big boots Tajiri, and that is it. Rubbish. Pinfall. No Rikishi or Hurricane. Okay, well, that was a match. Why do we job out Tajiri in such a horrible manner? Because once you go test, you get a push. <laughs> once you go test, you're under arrest. Got a few more. Yeah. <laughs> Tells them a few sometime. Backstage, Big Boss Man asks Vince if he's worried about Steph bringing Triple H. Vince says no. Booker shows up and asks, asks who his opponent is. The Rock. Who? The Rock. Who? The Rock. Booker laughs and says, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'm getting over my new catchphrase. Who? <laughs> the crowd are going to yell it tonight over my promo. It's a new thing. It's going to work. So I'm going to get my catchphrase over, and I'm going to beat The Rock. All in one night. Ha, ha, ha. Booker leaves, and neither Boss Man or McMahon are buying it. God bless Booker, D. <laughs> He's doing his best. He was shouting who. I was hoping Jim Nidart would appear. <laughs> Gosh. Ooh. No, who? <laughs> I said who earns. Coach interviews The Rock in the back. The Rock ignores Coach and asks for the crowd to start chanting his name. 
Rock says he was listening to his favorite musicians like Mystic and some <laughs> of cool people. Who is Coach's favorite artist? Who? Well, yeah, yeah, it's catching on. Back again. Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow! Well, why don't you cope your ass out of here, Jabroni? That's great. The Rock says he can't wait to beat Booker because The Rock's ready to roll as soon as he came out of his mama's womb. Ready to roll. The doctor was ready to spank him when he was born, but zero-year-old Rocky told the doctor to watch the people's elbow. And then baby Rock was hitting on nurses and tell them, hey, baby, that ain't the umbilical cord. Jesus. Anyway, if you smell a little sexy kids, whatever... I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Didn't this promo used to have the microphone breaking? And yes. they had to redo the bit. They did a good job of fixing that in post. They really did, yeah, because the Observer even pointed out that The Rock's microphone broke during that segment. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, and, uh, and but The Rock, in true rock style, styles it out magnificently, and I guess that's why they can... Yeah, he made Coach sing. At the Copa, Copa Cabana. And because, obviously, it's the same microphone that had bits of metal stuck in Austin's head, he yeah. goes... And breaks it so he can't be heard. So he goes, let me do that again. <laughs> Sing Copacabana again, and then he skips to that. So yeah, it's cut Perfectly. Off. Uh, uh, there was one line that Rock asked, because Coach, basically Coach doesn't waste any time. He goes, Rock, how was your new year? And Rock talked about how great his was. And asked how Coach's was, asking if he spent it playing pocket pool. <laughs> 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 he means having a wank. <laughs> I because I, I remember. Is Pocket Paul one of the things like, oh, look at him checking for loose change? Uh, <laughs> I remember as a kid, somebody at my school referring to it as Pocket Billy. That's not even. <laughs> there's not even any like Pocket Billy. Is it not uh, which, And then I watched Reeves and Mortimer, and they referred to it as Pocket Billions. So I went, oh. ah, Pocket Billy. It's Pocket Billions. I was playing Pocket Billions with Bob. <laughs> there you go. Pocket Billy. So yeah, you would basically ask, the, I, whilst the Copa line was very good, you like Copa? And Copa your ass Copa out, your of ass out of here. Yeah. I liked when he accused Coach of playing Pocket Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and told and said all the nurses fancied him because he had a big dick when he was born. Yeah. I was born with a big dick and his nurses are hitting on a zero-year-old. Main event is here. <laughs> with The Rock instantly battering the book. But he comes back with a Booker T comes back with a spine buster, and Michael Cole calls it a desperation move. The match is 10 seconds old. Oh. Which apparently is old enough to hit on it. Booker gets the axe kick, <laughs> but sadly the crowd isn't chanting who. And I put the ch they're chanting Jim Ninder or whatever. It's already been done. <laughs> did you write Jim Ninder? I did. I did, yeah. Oh, hey. Great mind. Booker misses the scissor kick and sends Booker's dopey ass the outside as the crowd goes banana. Vince runs in the low blow of the rock on the outside and Booker lands the scissor kick. But yeah, right. Rock ain't losing to Booker. Rock tries to pin, but Vince pulls the ref out so Rick attacks Vince. Both men run through the crowd, leaving Booker to rake Rock in the eyes. And the rock immediately ignores it to land the people's elbow. Oh, maybe not, as here's the boss man to distract. Booker gets sent into boss man, and the rock bottom ends it. God, they shoved a lot of crap into this to make it look even slightly in doubt, but the crowd loved it, though, so eh, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, I guess. Boss man lands the boss man slam on the rock, and Booker lands the bookend onto rock. Then Austin returns with a bandaged head to batter everyone to send everyone home happy. Oh, wait, no. Booker and Bossman actually lay out Austin and end the show with their music playing. Huh. They still suck. Yeah, Bossman and Booker Wait. staring down Rock and Austin in the ring. 
like this is some sort of a clash of the titans. I ain't buying it. Yeah, and also, so you would have thought with the build-up, with the brawls and the supermarket sweeps, we'd be getting Austin Booker to rumble. No. And also RVD versus Jericho at the rumble. No. No, Austin doesn't have a singles match and Rock takes on Booker. Sorry, uh, takes on Jericho. To be fair with Austin, putting him in the Rumble is a good bet. I wish we'd have seen Booker and Austin maybe start the Rumble. Mm. But they kind of wanted that bit where Austin... I mean, you still could have done it, because if, if memory serves, and we'll watch the Rumble in a few weeks, Yeah. Um, Austin's in, alone in the ring when Triple H walks out. And then you go, ah, this. Uh. You kind of... And I don't... And again, I, this might be what happened, so forgive me. You could have had it at one point. You could have had it with... Booker and Austin coming in quite early on and have it so the ring gets cleared and one of the last people that Austin eliminates is Booker. And that kind of is a way in the Rumble of drawing a line under that story by having Austin send Booker out. Right, done. Now I can win the Rumble. Time to play the game. And then you go, right, here we go. Stand back. (laughs) We don't quite get it in that order. No, we don't. Ah, that was an interesting up and down episode of SmackDown. Mm. What was something that you remembered? I remembered from this episode of SmackDown how annoyed I was about Jericho getting a fluky win. Even when I was a younger lad, I was like, Jericho is being booked dreadfully. <laughs> yeah, I was as I, I was seventeen, and I was going, oh, "This is shit." <laughs> Jericho's <laughs> why is Jericho getting treated so badly? I've never liked it. What about you? What do you remember? I remembered Rock beating Booker again. <laughs> And as a kid, wanting Booker to win, yeah. I don't know why. Okay. No, I was, I was, I liked Rock's promos. I just was like, yeah, Booker should win. Booker should have this. I get <laughs> that. A dumb kid. But uh, what was something you forgot? I've got one. <laughs> Big Show running top speed up the ramp to catch <laughs> the Undertaker. <laughs> Never, I had forgotten that completely. It made me howl watching it once again this week. <laughs> How about you? Uh, that Lance Storm's Jewish. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> nice of him. Good for him. Well done, Lance Storm being Jewish. Hi, right, shalom. <laughs> yeah, that was the first SmackDown of 2002. Well, I'll play us out with the music. What have you got this? Oh, it's a Domino's advert. What have you... <laughs> right, um, this weekend... Um... <laughs> Don't be distracted. I'll try my best not to be. Uh, coming up next week, uh, it is. I will quickly mention that um, OVW have a series coming out on Netflix. <laughs> OVW's video. Ohio Valley Wrestling are going to be on Netflix. So I have a, it's a good excuse to chat to OVD, OVW champion and TikTok sensation, the veteran Jack Vaughan. So oh, Jack Vaughan's on the podcast feed this week. We had a lovely oh, chat the other day lovely. about him becoming a TikTok superstar, among other things. So he's on the podcast feed. Then it's all in all next week. So Jack, uh, Jack the Jobber, and the rambunctious Jackie Orlando are in London, as well as Math. You're down there, aren't you? Yes. You're amongst it uh, for All In at Wembley. So look out for them. Uh, Fraser Porter and myself will be doing live reactions on Sunday for All In. It's going to be a very All In flavoured week this week. What have you got on, Matthew Greg? Uh, new Botch Mania's just been released. Ooh, wasn't released. It escaped. Um, <laughs> and I will be at, yeah, All Bloody In. 
Um, I'll recover from laughing at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre match on Dynamite. What a pile of shite. Uh, I'm going to get my head kicked in by Taz. Yay! Because you can reach that far. We're both the same height. <laughs> We're both built at the same height. 5'7". Imagine if he's slightly shorter than you. Imagine if he's taller than me. That's the fear. And as the metaphorical mosquito sucks the blood and kills the metaphorical snake in the credits of Ovid's video. We say, he is at Matthew Greg, I'm at Tom Campbell, and together we're at Cultaholic. You can email us, classic at cultaholic.com. Don't forget to join us. I love you, bye. Once you go test, once you go test, forget the rest. Once you go test, wear a vest. Once you go test, suck my dick. All the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.